Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Story time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One evening I decided to go on a night hike by myself, I've done this many times before. It was late November so it wasn't really late but it dark enough especially since it was a new moon. The trail I was on is a popular one and is close to a city of about 100,000 people so there were city lights for some illumination and I had my headlamp. As I started the hike, I realized that it was a new moon, I normally go on night hikes during full moons, so I decided to attach my K-bar, knife, to my backpack strap going across my chest for easy access. The hike was going fine and I was getting close to reaching the top of the mountain when I saw something reflective up ahead on the side of the trail. I didn't think anything for it and just thought maybe someone had dropped something earlier on. As I got closer I noticed that there were two things reflecting and that these were a set of eyes looking at me. There are a lot of deer in the area so that's what I thought it was at first. As I got even closer I noticed that this thing was staring at me intently and my previous experience made me realize that this wasn't a deer. I was about 20 feet from it maybe even closer and I could tell that it was behind a tree and it would look at me with both eyes and slowly hide behind the tree and observe me with one eye and then hide completely behind the tree. Then it would slowly emerge from behind the tree looking at me with one eye then with both eyes. At this point, 
I had my knife in my hand and I decided to make some noise to scare it off by yelling and banging the back of the knife on a root of a fallen tree that I was next to. This thing doesn't even blink as I yelled. I then decide to adjust my headlamp and all of a sudden the light goes out leaving me in complete darkness. I panic slightly and hit my headlamp a couple of times and turn it on and off and it finally comes back on. The eyes haven't moved so that was a relief to me. I contemplate my next move and for a brief moment I wonder if I can just walk past this thing on the trail and continue on. I conclude that the trail would actually take me right next to it so I decided against that and decided to head back. I know that you should never turn your back to a potential predator but this trail is steep and walking backwards was not an option so I turn around and walk away looking back at it every couple of seconds to make sure it wasn't following me. Fortunately, it moves on and I make my way back to the trailhead. Given how this animal acted and how quiet it was, I came to the conclusion that this was a mountain lion that I had encountered. When we were hiking in Oregon Pipe Park campground, right on the Mexican border, we went on a ranger program. It was a talk about light, done on a full moon night. We all walked to a high point and listened to the ranger. When it was over, she said we could go back the same way or walk further on the trail to loop back to the campground. Everyone else went back but we carried on. It was a beautiful warm and still night, perfectly illuminated by the full moon. We came around one corner and saw the face of a man, lighted up by his iPhone screen. It was two fully armed DEA agents, dressed in camo sitting on ATVs. They were as startled as us. My husband, in his best British accent, said hi chaps or something and we carried on. When we reached the campground, it was swarming with DEA personnel. One of them told us that they were chasing five drug runners from Mexico. Thank goodness we didn't run into them, or find ourselves in the middle. So, I'm in a three-day hike through the Pyrenees, in Catalonia, northeastern Spain, just at the border with France, with family and friends. Must have been early summer. Second night of the hike and we're sleeping at a mountain refuge, in a valley surrounded by mountain peaks very nice place. Most of the group is inside already sleeping, some of us are outside just talking and watching the stars. Someone notices a light in the sky that moves in an odd manner, kind of zigzagging and then standing still, no bigger than a star. So, of course, we laugh and talk about UFOs and so on, not thinking much of it. But the light keeps moving and someone points out, hey, isn't it getting bigger? And it certainly seems so, against the night sky is hard to tell for certain at the beginning, but while it continues to move erratically it sure seems like it's getting bigger. And bigger. And the thing seems to go down and we lose sight of it behind the line of peaks, at the moment when we lost sight of it, from our vantage point, it looked to be about a basketball a white, glowing basketball in size, so larger than the rest of stars. If it, whatever it was, went to the ground it must have been in one of the adjacent valleys, so a bit far but close enough to spook us. We went inside and spent the rest of the night afraid of getting abducted or something. Back in 2010, when I was just 10 years old, me and my family went on a holiday to Germany in the hopes of experiencing a white Christmas. Jokes on us, the snow melted the day before Christmas in the area we were in, while back in my home country, the Netherlands, there was, in fact, snow during Christmas. Needless to say, that was a disappointment, but Germany was still awesome. We were located in a bungalow park in a pretty wooded area. We had our dog with us on nearly all vacations, including this one. She was a Dutch partridge dog, a type of hunting dog, except that she'd lick people to death rather than seeing them as a threat. But, she was quite a big dog, and she scared off a couple of creeps back in the day, but those are other stories for other times. Because it was in the middle of winter, it was dark fairly early. And because it was a wooded area, 
It wasn't just dark out. It was pitch black. It was around 9.30 pm when my dad asked me to come along into the woods to walk the dog. I agreed and we went on our way. We walked for a good 15 minutes, talking a bit here and there, when we come across a trail through the woods that was flanked by trees on both sides, and only left enough room for my dad to walk next to the dog, so he ushered me to walk in front of them. He warned me about wild boars in those very same woods. He was obviously joking about that, judging by his tone of voice, so I brushed it off. Suddenly, I hear my dad yell, a good hundred or so meters back. I look behind me, but he's gone, and so is the dog. I can't see anything in the dark, other than the few bits and pieces of trial that were illuminated by the moonlight eerily shining through the dense forestation that provided just enough light to see the path. The trees created elongated shadows creeping around me, while the stars that would have usually accompanied the clear night skies seemed to have disappeared. I listened, holding my breath. It was completely silent. No crunching of leaves, no jingling from the collar our dog was wearing. Not even the wind that was rustling the tree's leaves just 10 seconds ago made a single sound. It was quiet. Too quiet. I hesitantly took a step towards the direction I heard his scream. I called out to him, with a shaking voice. Dad, come out, now. This isn't funny. Another step. I hear the rustling of leaves, but can't determine where it's coming from. It came from different directions, it seemed. I remember feeling watched. Chills running down my spine. I, a ten-year-old kid, was scared shitless, to the point I was about to burst into tears and prepared myself to run for my life. I look in the direction where I felt like something was there, watching me. In that moment, my dad jumps out from behind a tree to my right, making my heart jump in my throat and skip a few beats. He laughs at my facial expression, while my dog just wagging her tail, excited to see me as if I just got back home. I didn't think much of it back then, since the initial scare was over, and we finished up our walk before turning back on a different trail and going back to the bungalow. Looking back on it now, there was definitely something out there though, lurking in the darkness, not too far from where my dad decided to scare me, staring at me. And I was staring right back at it, for just a brief moment. I thought it was my imagination back then. I was just a kid, after all. But I swear, I saw a dark figure crouching behind the bushes. But it wasn't an animal. And it wasn't human. This is a second-hand story, could be bogus but I enjoyed it when I heard it. So my friend tells me he's out with his dad, walking their dog in the moors near Bolton, undulating hills in the northwest of England. The sun has just set and they're walking through a field towards a dry stone wall when the dog starts playing up, barking, pulling in the opposite direction etc. They then notice a figure stood on the wall. 100 feet away or so and realize that its shape is that of a man's body with a goat's head, just stood there on the wall facing them. They start running in the opposite direction, away from this thing and turn around to see that it's jumped half the distance between them in the blink of an eye. They keep running back to their car and never see it again. Made my skin crawl when he told me that. Me and two friends were driving through the UK countryside in the middle of the night. We were traveling through a small county park when my friend slams on the brakes as he sees something lying up ahead in the middle of the road. We get out to take a look and upon close inspection we see it's an adult male deer. Our first thought is that it got hit by a car but we can only see it from its back so we circle around it. The entire rear of the animal was missing. All limbs were present and stood out straight, hovering above the ground slightly due to rigamorates. Lots of its organs were missing and we could make out rounded puncture marks around the throat of the animal. I say rounded as we suspect it was a big cat of some kind, if it were canine the jaw line would have been more V-shaped. And it must have been big to take down this prey. The odd thing was the lack of blood around it. 
We wondered if it had been moved or was in the process of being moved when we came along and spooked whatever was dragging it. We decided to park up round the corner and call a park ranger to come and move it. This road is on top of a hill a few hundred feet up and anyone could easily crash in the dark and tumble down the hillside. Couldn't have been 15 minutes later when we walked back to the road and the deer is gone. Without a trace. There have been rumors that someone released a big cat in southwest England many years ago. Occasionally some sheep show up mauled but no one has ever seen or heard anything. We never went back at night again. Last year when I was truck driving I was heading out to Salinas to pick up produce. It was maybe 2 something in the AM. I was on a county road with orchards on either side of me no lights at all except for my truck's headlights. Now, the dark regularly played tricks on my eyes when night driving. But for about a good 10 seconds I swear I saw what looked like a giant wolf thing standing on its hind legs. What made this different from say a large coyote on its hind legs with front legs on the tree was that this wolf thing was not using a tree to stand up and when I got closer rather than going down on all fours and running away it ran away on two legs for maybe 20 feet until I lost sight of it as I passed by. Also my hair on the back of my neck stood up and I got that weird creepy feeling in my gut and that has never happened before when the dark played tricks on my eyes. In 1997 to 1998, in Snohomish, my first encounter with the supernatural unfolded late at night while driving home from Sultan, a journey of about 10 miles. Accompanied by my mother, we had just dropped off a friend in Sultan. It was late October, and an unusual storm added an eerie atmosphere to the night. This storm, talked about by everyone the following day, showcased tremendous cloud-to-cloud -cloud lightning, a cold, dry wind, bright flashes of light, loud thunder, and swirling leaves. As we drove along Highway 2, a dark stretch with farmland on either side and densely wooded hills, something caught my eye. Approaching a break in the guardrail for a dirt road leading into a farm field, I saw what seemed like a massive dog. Just as we reached this break, it ran in front of our car, and I hit it. The creature, appearing more like a hyena than a dog, was immense, seen over the hood of my low-seated 1991 Honda Accord. Its shaggy brown fur, adorned with dark spots, covered a body with a peculiar structure, the front seemed higher than the back. As the headlights illuminated it, we felt the impact but couldn't see it go airborne or to the side. It ran from the left side of the highway to the right, sending my car into an uncontrollable swerve. The surreal moment, however, took an unexpected turn. A calmness enveloped me, and it felt as if my guardian angel had taken control of the steering. Miraculously, we narrowly avoided a head-on collision with an oncoming Ford Aerostar van, but not without swerving back and forth. After pulling over, we were both shaken. My mother suggested looking for the creature out of concern for animals, but I had an uneasy feeling about it. Despite our collision at highway speed, there was no evidence on my car, no dent, fur, or blood. The encounter had an inexplicable supernatural feel, accentuated by the storm's electromagnetic nature. The strange incident left me with an indelible memory, marked by the calculated movements of the creature and the uncanny timing of its appearance. The subsequent encounters I had only deepened the mystery, but this initial event occurred in October 1997 or no later than 1998. Eight years ago, my brother John experienced a chilling encounter. Heading home from his girlfriend's house off a county road outside of Boulder, 11 miles south of Pinedale, Wyoming, it was around 1 or 2 a.m. John recounted seeing what he described as a massive dog traversing down the slope on the south side of the road. This formidable creature began to run alongside his pickup. John was driving a 1969-1974 F-150 Highboy, factory lifted. The dog man, as he referred to it, 
was keeping pace with him at 35 to 40 miles per hour. A two to three foot barrow ditch ran along the road, and the dogman's head was level with his as he drove. John estimated its height at roughly seven to eight feet tall. The creature was dark in color, with gray or white markings on its muzzle running from its nose to under its eyes. Its eyes, amber in color, stared into the pickup as it kept pace. John, feeling unnerved, accelerated to 45 miles per hour, but the dogman effortlessly maintained the speed, occasionally peering inside the pickup. At around 50 miles per hour, John lost sight of the creature. That's all he would disclose about the encounter, leaving an unsettling mystery lingering in the memory of that night. So for context this was about 7 months ago. I'm just now posting this because I've been thinking about it lately and I thought maybe I could share my experience and finally give myself some information from other people's opinions on this story. This is 100% real and my girlfriend was with me at the time for credibility that I wasn't tripping, I live in Tennessee. I was 100% sober, slept fine the night before, nothing was interfering with me to make this up in my head. I don't have any medical conditions other than ADHD this story happened I would say around 12 or 1 am or so. So I own a small shed next to my house. I have a TV in the shed so some nights I'll go out to the shed and hang out by myself and chill watching some movies. My girlfriend was over at the time so we decided to go watch a new movie that came out around that time. I have a cool TV set up in there so it's sometimes better watching it there than in the house. Anyway, I always leave out the back door when I go to the shed, and most of the time I usually leave it open until I come back in. I live in a less popular and non-sketchy neighborhood so there's usually no problems with people being around to break in or anything. At the time, I owned a dog that was in the final stages of being deaf and blind. She was a small Yorkie or Shizu mix. She could barely see anything, if anything at all. Can you see where this is going? I go back into the house after the movie, with my girlfriend. And I go to the bathroom and I notice I don't hear my dog walking around doing her nightly blind walks in the house. Usually she'll snoop around the house for no reason but I think it's because she couldn't see much or was getting dementia. So I look absolutely everywhere in the house and she's nowhere to be seen. Me and my girlfriend are both dumbfounded and we start thinking she somehow managed to leave through the back door. Take to note you have to go from the hallway to my room, to a back room, to the back door, to the back porch that's raised about 4 to 5 foot off the ground. So we decide we'll look around outside just in case she somehow managed to get lost and come out the back porch and fell off the back porch. She had to have fell off because it's a pretty big drop and she was almost completely blind. Well we look for a bit and still nothing. Absolutely no sign of her anywhere. No blood from a fall didn't hear any squeals when we were in the shed prior, nothing. There's literally no sign she ever got out, but we searched absolutely everywhere. So there's a small patch of woods behind my house and I thought if she escaped surely she couldn't be too too far away. So we start walking out to the small woods area to look for her. I have my phone flashlight on and my girlfriend is walking with me. All of a sudden I start hearing a few leaves crunching and I thought, thank god I found my dog. I put my flashlight over where I heard the leaves crunching and I see a hooded figure. They're probably about 15 to 20 foot away or more and they just slowly walking pretty much at a complete stop when I put the flashlight on them. I end up taking the flashlight off of them and I tell my girlfriend there's somebody snooping around out here and we should probably go back in. Next thing you know I hear the leaves crunching again and I turn the flashlight towards where the figure was and I just can't believe my eyes. All of a sudden it like switches to a tall grey figure running super fast to the left of the woods. This thing is absolutely faster than anything I've ever seen. As soon as I seen it do that my whole body was just hit with a big wave of cold chills like I can't even explain the feeling it felt like the chills went from the top of my head down to my toes. I absolutely book it almost even leaving my girlfriend behind. 
After we got back into the house I asked her what she seen and she said she didn't get to see it, she only heard the leaves crunching like something was running really fast. I just absolutely couldn't believe my eyes till this day I still don't know what the heck it was. It was literally like someone with a hoodie and their hood over their face and then it turns into a tall skinny grey figure absolutely running faster than anything I've ever seen. I never found my dog and never found any proof she even got out. We've checked every crevice of the house and even posted on Facebook her being missing in effort someone would find her. Nobody ever did and now she's just a memory. But it still makes me think to this day if what I saw is somehow connected with my dog disappearing. I overthink it thinking like what if it went in the house when the door was open and grabbed her or something. I'll never forget the story and it was my first ever encounter with something crazy like that. It actually kinda feels good to share this story maybe others can relate or have experiences similar to mine. Ever since then, I haven't encountered anything out of the ordinary but I still feel paranoid when going into my shed when I can see the woods in the corner of my eyes. The day after that incident we even explored the small wooded area to see any proof of the creature being there or even my dog and there was no proof of either. I wish I knew what happened to my dog also but I know at least she isn't suffering from blindness and being deaf anymore. So I've never really believed in skinwalkers or anything like that, even when I had this experience. I am a Marine Corps veteran and wished to leave my name anonymous. This happened to me when I was on my first deployment to Iraq in 2009. One night I was on firewatch, or night watch whatever people prefer, pretty much security detail, keeping an eye out for weird stuff or the Taliban trying to sneak around outside the walls. Me and my battle buddy were of sound mind, sober, well rested and very alert. Now it was normal to see stray dogs or other animals out in the distance when we scanned with our scopes or night vision. But one night we saw a pair of glowing yellow eyes that we never seen before, they were so bright like a burning yellow, so I point my scope up and look with my night vision and see nothing. Confused I tap my buddy and tell him to look also, he scans, nothing so we think nothing of it. Few hours later everything's normal, talking quietly, chewing tobacco, and we hear this woman start screaming bloody murder and screaming for help, but it wasn't a normal scream, now I've heard people scream from serious injury or taking out the enemy, this sounded like someone was in hell, so we both scan the area ahead and see a flash of a dog, but it looked too big to be a dog, so we call it in and the tower flashes a big area light in the area and the animal was so fast and ran into the darkness, screaming starts again and tower HQ heard it too, it stopped finally and we went out to explore the area with a few others, and we found barefoot prints and animal tracks, had a few more weird experiences when I was stationed on that camp and it's always stuck with me, recently did a deep dive into skinwalkers and I'm convinced we had a skinwalker near our camp. I'd like to apologize in advance as I'd like to think I'm a decent storyteller in person but pretty lackluster or long-winded with text. Also as I write about later, I try and use animal noises to describe some sounds, take them all with a grain of salt as even I know that's not the exact thing I heard, but the closest sound I can relate it to or describe it with. I go between I and we a couple of times as I describe at the end, my friends and I all discussed what happened to confirm we all in fact heard the same thing and had the same experience. To preface the story and where it takes place, I grew up in the Huron region of Ontario, for those not familiar it's about a 3 hour drive directly west from Toronto, where I now live, on the shore of Lake Huron. Not far from the area the tales of the Black Donnellys are from for you dark history lovers, during my time in high school, there was one teacher who had talked about his experiences in a small forested place called Lobs Bush. Although I wasn't very familiar with it at the time, it was known by a fair number of locals as a very haunted place in the area or where people have had unexplainable but startlingly similar encounters. This teacher was very outspoken about his experiences in that bush, 
but also his steadfast trust in being a non-believer in the paranormal or supernatural which in turn made him of all people the most fascinating to hear it from. Always ends his stories or answers questions with I don't believe it, can't explain it, I'm just telling you what happened. A few years later in the winter of 2017, both after having him as my teacher in high school and having since moved away to attend my first year of university, I came back to my hometown for my winter break to spend some time with family and catch up with my friend group. For anyone familiar with the small town experience, our favorite activity was the age-old classic of buying a terrible number of cheap reservation cigarettes, hopping in one of our friend's terribly run-down beater cars and then smoking, chatting and playing the worst music ever conceived until either the smokes or the gas tank runs out. We were all hovering around 16 to 18 so this was just the most fun to generate things we could do. On top of finally having a break from all my uni coursework, this was the first time seeing these friends in a couple of months so we were all excited to be one big group again. I won't bore you with all the earlier antics of the evening but where this story picks up is after driving around catching up for a few hours, we pit stop at a random bush trail so some of us could smoke some weed. As we started walking down one of the trails, I remember feeling a very stark change in the atmosphere around us. I didn't really want to express my feelings to ruin the mood, but I definitely felt the need to be on high alert. I've never really had a way to describe the physical feeling apart from my chest feeling heavy, but somehow it was very clear that something was watching us and did not want us there. Every few steps I needed to look back to make sure something wasn't stalking us, all we had were our phone flashlights which had a very short distance. The way the trail sat in the bush, it was all new trees so they curled over the path to almost form a tunnel. It looked as if we had walked into the maw of a massive creature slowly making our way down its throat. We only made it about a few hundred meters before realizing that the calm night was turning into a winter storm. We all agreed to go back to the car and would start making our way home before it got any worse. By the time we made it back to the car, the trees were swinging wildly in the wind and the snow made it hard to see the next couple of feet in front of us. Once we made it to the car we started to drive back to the closest town so as to stay at a friend's place to wait out the storm. While driving, the weather continued getting worse until the snow had practically blinded us while going around a notable halfway there turn. We found out that our estimate of how far to turn the car wasn't enough and felt the car's momentum stall and slide sideways into the ditch. After a short period of us hurling claims of backseat driving and general frustrations, we ended up staying in the ditch for around 5 hours before being rescued by local police and driven the rest of the way into town. During our time in the ditch, I talked about how I felt while walking in the woods, we all agreed with the feeling of knowing we shouldn't be there and none of us spoke up until now. Only after that did our friend in the driver's seat, and the only one familiar with these particular back roads inform us that we were in fact walking through Lobb's bush. Fast forward some time to I believe my second semester reading week, I'm back home with my friends and back to our same old acts. After a particularly good night of catching up, we decided to go revisit Lobb's Bush as none of us had been there since getting caught in the ditch, and the weather was already warm this month with far less snow. I remember feeling almost excited to go back, rather than dark impenetrable clouds and snow, tonight the moon was out and barely needed flashlights to see where we were going. We parked the car in the same spot, and grabbed all necessary smoking apparatus and a pack of smokes for the driver and me to share as of course neither time are we dumb enough to get our designated driver high. As we started walking into the trail, I started realizing landmarks that I had missed from my first time there. With the moonlight making everything more visible, I walked through the same threshold as before and was pleasantly surprised that I didn't feel like I was watched. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Brun, welcome to walk through. After a point, I had almost forgotten that I was in the infamous woods and was enjoying a late-night walk through the forest laughing with my friends. After walking further down the trail, we finally came to an opening. On the right side of the trail, the trees had parted out to showcase the edge of a field, nicely lit by the moonlight. On the left side, the bush clears out so there is a lovely section of grass and light foliage parting to show a small stream cutting through. It looked like a naturally made auditorium with the stream cutting through like a main walkway, sparse trees so plenty of seating for an audience, and the trees opening and leading down to the farmer's field as the stage. In all honesty, I had completely forgotten we were there to smoke and was just enamored with how pretty it was. As we found a spot to stop and ready our lights to smoke, one friend had the bright idea to exclaim yo, I forgot I've got a Roman candle. As we all turned to look they had already gotten their lighter out and was proceeding to light the candle. Again we were late teens, we were idiots, she proceeds to point the candle towards the big clearing to the field, every once in a while moving it around so it is not all shooting in the same spot. Going higher and higher into the air, she finally points it in the opposite direction towards the wood. With surprising accuracy, none of the shots actually hit anything before going out until one finally hits a tree near the stream and spirals into the woods where we can't see it. Within no more than a second's time, this blood-curdling scream comes from the exact place the Roman candle bounced into the woods beyond our view. We all completely froze, unsure of what to make of it as the scream continued on for a worrisome amount of time. I can only describe it as a cross between a deeper version of a howler monkey's roar and an ear-ringing whine like an elk's bugle going higher in pitch as it kept screaming. I remember my ears vibrating from how loud it was, I wanted to cover them but we were all frozen in place from it. Finally, one of us snapped into reality and yelled run. And bolted off towards the farmer's field. We all in turn started running away from the ongoing scream from within the woods. As we were running, the scream finally stopped after about 10 seconds of constant noise. There was no breath or change in the scream apart from pitch, it was able to yell at that volume for longer than I've heard any animal do. Before we could even think, we heard a heavy rustling in the woods as whatever it was took a deep inhale to scream again. The inhale was just as terrifying, sounding like an alligator's bellow mixed with a hyena's laugh. I know both sounds I'm describing are from exhaling, but you could tell this was a guttural, full-chested and preparatory inhale before screaming again. Unlike the first scream that almost sounded reactionary, surprised by the Roman candle almost hitting it. This was clearly an angry roar, whatever it was, was really big, with the lungs to prove it, and now moving towards us. It was even louder and what I could only assume was now pointed towards us. Even though we were all heavy smokers at the time, we all ran as fast as we possibly could without looking back, absolutely terrified from the second continuous roar that was now gaining on us. After about 15 seconds, the scream stopped abruptly. It took us a second to realize the noise was gone, we turned around to see that we'd made it out of the woods and onto the field. We only looked back briefly to see we had put about 50 to 100 meters between us and the edge of the bush. Even before we could really think straight, we shakily agreed to make our way to the closest road to make our way back to the front of the bush to find where we parked. It was only once we got to the road, and caught our smoked out breath, did one of us finally asked if we all heard and felt that. We all talked briefly but were too on edge to actually converse. About 20 minutes later we finally made it back to the road and had the car in sight. We all started to calm down as we had some time to process and let the adrenaline wear off. We unlocked the car, 
all got into our respective seats with our bags, none of us had the time to take it off before the first scream happened. As the driver finally turned the car on and the headlights flooded the woods in front of us, the front passenger just screamed drive, drive, drive. The driver without looking cranked the car into reverse and turned around to back out quickly and go down the back road as fast as he could beside the bush. The friend who screamed started to freak out all over again, I was sitting directly behind him with my hand on his shoulder from the back seat. As we tried to ask what was wrong, I was looking over my shoulder to look into the woods. I genuinely felt like time had slowed down as I looked over, with the same feeling of something watching me like my first time in the woods. As the trees passed by, I could clearly make out two fully open eyes reflecting back at me, I could clearly make out two full reflective circles. I was completely frozen and couldn't look away, I couldn't tell if the eyes were locked on me or the whole vehicle, or even what light they were reflecting off of as we were driving beside the woods. They were clearly further back into the woods by a couple of meters so I couldn't make out how tall it was, but I could very easily see they were attached to a head much larger and taller than a human. I completely forgot about comforting the passenger in front of me and instead tried to turn and see it for longer through the back window as we kept driving but had completely lost the visual. I couldn't even make a sound but my mind was racing, the longer I sat the longer I wondered how the hell it got to where I could see it after we had sped away from the parking spot. I don't know how much it saw from the car, but I know it saw me, it saw all of us in those woods, I don't know how to describe it other than that I was fully prey, and whatever it was was a predator that knows me now. After driving for a while on our way back to a friend's farm, we were all able to speak about what had happened. We all heard the same noises, heard the rustling, heard the same far too long screams, and finally the other passenger and I both agreed on seeing the same wide eyes staring at us. Neither of us got a good look at what it was, but both agreed that it's staring at us and was too big to make out. That passenger also made a comment that, even though it was a couple of meters into the woods when he saw it, it had to be much bigger than a human. After a couple of hours more conversing about it, we all finally felt comfortable driving back to our respective homes. Every couple of months when we'd see each other, we'd make certain to each other that we all saw the same thing, as we wanted to make sure none of us were truly losing it mentally. I sat the events of this story for about a year, not really sure who to tell or who would believe any of us for that matter. Once I finally felt comfortable talking and researching things similar, I came to the personal conclusion that it might be something along the lines of a skinwalker and started looking further into stories about it. As there was so much talk of people having similar encounters or strange happenings in Lobs Bush, I really wanted to entertain and research any and all possibilities. On top of that, although raised somewhat Christian in school, it was never a dogma I really followed or was heavy into the idea of other powers until this happened. For me, if this was real and it happened to me, I couldn't disprove anything and has vastly changed the way I look at any form of religion or spiritual beliefs. Through friends and a few events, I know a fair number of indigenous groups and older members that I felt believed enough of the old ways to tell this story. All three elders essentially said the same thing, along the very blunt line of yep, that sounds like a skinwalker and a few shared similar encounters that other friends and family have had. Only within the last, I think two years, I talked to a few more people about it, and one friend finally recommended that I google what a skinwalker sounded like. I finally looked online and heard some very similar sounds that sent the same it's watching chills down my spine and felt that on top of everything else, was enough confirmation for me. To this day, now I've started my own spiritual path with respect to the lands, and especially now being on Turtle Island, that I walk on. In addition to the classic don't whistle or say its name at night, I've made it very clear to my close friends who have all heard this story, and respectfully know me as the outdoorsy camping friend that if I ever feel anything similar to being watched or that we shouldn't be in these woods, to get the F out with me. So this is my story of what I believe was my encounter with a skinwalker, I thought it would be good to share this.
a little backstory for me to explain what I believe is a possible skinwalker encounter about a year and a half ago. I'm 27 male and have lived in Utah my whole life. I used to be a part of the church until I was about 14 because I didn't believe and had questions that seemed to have answers that didn't make sense or had holes in them. The reason I say this is that I have known about skinwalkers and wendigos from an early age, being in Utah we all hear about them and about skinwalker ranch. The whole Native American stories just seemed to make sense to me, and I was told that speaking of skinwalkers would put you a on a metaphorical list for them to hunt you or something of the sorts. Hope it's not true anyways as a 18 year old I started to date a girl whose family was Native American, I think she was part Shoshone. I can't remember. Well after a year or two of dating her I got to visit the res where her tribe was from in Pocatello ID her grandfather was full blood N.A. He was a top guy, chief or something like that I honestly can't remember. At dinner a few days into the stay I asked him about wendigos and skinwalkers. The dinner table got very quiet real fast. He told me to not bring that subject up during dinner. Later that night he came to our room and told me about them, the history of them how they came about etc. He spoke of them in a serious yet cautious like how a parent warns their child about something and tries to teach or explain of the dangers of something, I don't know the right word for it. After that night, I didn't speak of them, think about them, and tried to avoid conversations about them due to what her grandfather had told me. I don't know if he was trying to screw with me cause I'm your typical white guy or whatever I don't know but I totally believe the stories the history all of it. Here is the encounter a couple years down the road her and I split due to us falling apart. A couple of years after that I met my wife in 2019 we got married in March 2022 and found out we were pregnant in July of 2022 we were happy and nervous for our lives ahead of us. After about a week or so after finding out we decided to go camping seeing it may be one of the few times we had to ourselves before our kid came. So we went up to Affleck Park campground up by Salt Lake City in the Wasatch Mountains. The campground was empty we didn't see any other tents or cars. We got all set up at dinner talked around the fire hung out. Well it was bedtime we got in the tent talked some more both of us heard what we assumed was just rats or little animals walking around the bushes and trees we fell asleep after a while. While we slept I had this dream, or at least I think or hope it was this dream was that I was asleep in my tent with my wife at that same campground right where I was physically and there was rustling of bushes and trees and an ominous feeling of dread or fear in the air, there was something circling our tent, looking at the tent. I could feel it want to be inside the tent with us. The next part I remember is if I was awake, watching it happen in real time, this dog or wolf black as a bottomless pit with sharp yellow eyes stood over us while we slept, just watching us. Almost like an out-of-body experience. While this black dog or wolf just stood over us while we slept, in the dream, I was awake having a feeling of this unknown beast was standing over us and watching us sleep I pretended to be asleep by keeping my eyes shut but I could feel it staring at me as if it knew I was faking being asleep the dog or wolf just stood over my wife and I watching us the whole night while I pretend to be asleep in my dream when I woke the next morning, I remember peeking my eyes open checking to see if anything was there. Nothing. The tent zipper was all that was closed. I asked my wife if she had a weird dream last night she said she did, but didn't say much after that regarding dreams. After getting dressed that I packed us up in a hurry skipping breakfast and left. A year and a half later I still remember the feeling of the dog or wolf with its yellow eyes staring at me as if it knew my conscious self was aware of what was happening. At work last week a coworker brought up the subject of skinwalkers and wendigos, at the sound of the subject. Those feelings of dread, fear and helplessness entered my body and I felt my hairs raise. Being a construction worker for a little over 5 years I wouldn't say I'm badass at all but I'm used to uncomfortable situations but I became scared looking for a way out I could just see those eyes as if they were in front of me. Would this be considered a encounter? If not totally understand I just remember being taught that skinwalkers can enter one's mind through dreams. So sorry for the long post I just have felt a need to get this out there, 
I live in a kinda rural part of Utah now I will get up in the middle of the night about once every week or two weeks or so and look out the window to check the field across from my third story condo just look for anything not natural. Am I crazy for letting a dream get to me or not? Thanks. This just happened to me less than an hour ago from the time I've started writing this. At about 10.15ish p.m., in eastern Pennsylvania, Bucks County specifically if you know where that is. This first part of my encounter all happened within a span of maybe 20 seconds. I was driving home after seeing my boyfriend. Don't know if y'all care about this but for your information, I am a 19-year-old female. I wanna be completely honest so y'all know I'm not lying. I hit a dab cartridge once or twice right before this happened but I have a very high tolerance and no history of weed-induced psychosis or hallucinations. I even doubted myself about what happened until I told my boyfriend when I got home. This drive is about 45 minutes each way, and a drive I do often, like 3-4 to four times a week. I know these roads very well and I'm not easily spooked. I was about 15 minutes into my drive home. It was raining pretty heavily as I was coming down this one highway, and it's pretty dark with only a few street lights here and there. I was pretty much alone on the streets for most of my drive home since it was late and raining. As I was going down this highway at like 60 miles per hour, I suddenly saw this tall, deer-like figure in my headlights about 200 feet from me. I immediately started braking because, from a distance, I thought it was just your typical big buck standing in the middle of the road. Happens all the time in Pennsylvania as we have no shortage of deer. But as I was approaching closer to this deer, I see that it's freakishly tall and very slender. It almost looked like someone took an image of a deer and stretched it out vertically, honestly. I also noticed that my headlights aren't lighting this thing up, not even my brights. All I see of it is a bold, black silhouette, right there, in the middle of the road, unmoving. Because all I see is the silhouette, I can't tell if it's standing on four legs or two, but the height and stretched out quality of its appearance has me thinking it was two. I was struggling to brake fast enough to avoid this deer without spinning out on the wet roads, but I eventually slowed down, and as I get slower and closer to this thing, it starts going fuzzy. I squint. I turn my wipers on faster. It's still fuzzy. As I came to a full stop, it suddenly just disappeared. Completely vanished into thin air. So now I'm stopped in the middle of the road on this empty highway thinking I'm going insane because this roughly 12 foot tall figure that I know I saw just isn't there anymore. It didn't jump out of the way, it didn't run, it just vanished. I shake off the spooks, and I hit the gas again trying to convince myself that I'm going crazy because the alternative was too scary to think about. A few minutes down the road I see something else. This time a lot smaller, closer to the size of your average deer. But it definitely wasn't a deer or any animal that is widely accepted as real because it just suddenly showed up in front of my car. Like it wasn't on the left side of the road at all until it was in front of my car, running across the road. I should have hit it. It was right in front of me. With the speed I was going there was no way that it would have made it across the street in time since it was maybe 5 feet from my car when it first appeared. I didn't even get a chance to brace myself for impact with how close it was. But nothing happened. I didn't hit anything. Not even a rock under my tire. At this point I'm convinced that I've gone certifiably insane. I check my rear view mirrors to see if there even was a deer, but it was too dark to tell. The rest of the way home I drove as slowly as I safely could, just in case I saw something again. Alas, I made it home without another incident. I don't know what exactly I saw. I don't know why, if it was a Wendigo, it didn't hurt me since everything I know about Wendigo points to them being malevolent beings. I'm just freaked out I guess and wanted to share my story. If anyone has a better identification for whatever this thing was let me know. For now, I think I'm gonna get myself a dash cam. Pennsylvania roads are spooky. Edit, I can't stop thinking about this.
I saw an actual deer on my way home from work today and was instantly paralyzed in fear. It felt like it was taunting me. I don't know how to explain it. I could feel its eyes burning on my skin. This happened a couple hours prior to when I'm writing this. A buddy of mine had met me for McDonald's for dinner tonight. Normally we'd hit Waffle House, but it was already packed. We started talking about dumb stuff we did as kids, and it eventually became creepy stuff we saw as kids. I brought up how back when I was in the Boy Scouts, during one of our campouts, a troop camped a little further away from mine had an expensive allegedly wildlife-proof cooler full of raw meat raided by a pack of coyotes. For laughs, my buddy said like a skinwalker? And I said maybe, but that I sure as hell wasn't getting out of my tent in the middle of the night to investigate. Rather quickly, I changed the subject. When I was driving home, I slowed down slightly to go through a school zone. For reference, I live in Henry County, Georgia where speed cameras are kept on 24-7. I slow my truck to 30 miles an hour. I hear a voice over the rumble of my V8 engine whisper speed up. They'll catch you. They'll catch you. Writing it off as radio static or the product of a tired mind, I sped up slightly and kept going down the back road until I hit a four-way stop. And then I saw it. A massive dog like a dark cloud with glowing greenish-blue eyes. They looked like a cat's eyes when a flashlight is shone on them. It was huge, its shoulders easily could have matched the height of my truck bed, and it was barreling towards me, dangerously close to tail-grabbing my ass smoky bear style. The air inside my cab went cold, despite the closed windows and running heater, as I noticed water vapor exit my mouth. Needless to say, I gunned it and nearly flipped my truck doing 95 miles an hour the whole way home. Was this a skinwalker? Did I encounter a black dog? Car camping, if that counts? My girlfriend and I were doing a cross-country trip. And we were gonna sleep in our car at a national campground, I don't remember the actual name for what that's called. So we find out Devil's Canyon is pretty close by. Awesome. We find the road, and it's a single lane gravel road, with grass and foliage on either side, about six feet tall. Whatever, I'm sure the campground is nice. So we drive. And drive. And drive for what seems like 10 minutes, on this single path road, at 2.30 in the morning. We finally arrive to the campsite and there is only one other car in the entire place. We drove around twice to double check. It was this dude outside of his camper, sitting by a fire, with a hatchet leaning against a stump. We parked momentarily and said F it, and both laid down, but within a few minutes, we agreed that if we stayed the night, we'd either wake up to him jerking off outside our car windows, or he'd murder us in our sleep. So we drove another two hours to the nearest hotel. I do spotted owl surveys in the forest at night. Once, I was standing 10 feet behind my quad during a survey on one of my stations, which is basically just 10 minutes of mating calls blasted out of a small boombox. Four or five minutes into the series calls, I heard a barred owl's eight-note hoot, so I turn around to go turn off the boombox that is sitting on the quad. In front of my quad is a waist-high cougar that was slowly approaching me. As soon as I turned around she bolted down the hill in front of us to the point where my headlamp now only illuminated her eyes. I start making noise and waving my arms around, but she just sits there staring at me. Then I get my compass out to shoot a bearing on the barred owl response, but when I look again her eyes are gone. I had to stand there for another 5 minutes per the spotted owl survey protocol, knowing Shest here watching me. They were a long 5 minutes. My husband and I parked at a nature area shortly after sunset. It's in the city, but off a gravel road, so there's a bit of driving until you get to a paved lot. We were the only ones there. We parked and took some pictures of the sunset. 
Not even five minutes later, another car pulls up and parks right next to us in the whole empty lot. Okay, weird, but some people do stuff like that. They don't get out for the two to three minutes we're walking around in front of our car. Then we go onto a trail to see the lake. The lot is visible from the trail, and every time we look back, the car either has its headlights on, off, or flashing like someone locked the doors. We keep an eye out in case they followed us, but it doesn't seem like they ever left the parking lot. At this point, it's completely dark out. We walk back to our car after hanging around the trail for 15 minutes. As soon as I get in the car, the other car turns on. When my husband gets in, the car drives off. They stop at a stop sign for a long time, even though there weren't any cars coming. Then they drove out of sight. I'm not sure what happened. Clearly they were watching us, but why? I was walking my dog, super early hours in winter. It was pitch black and foggy. I see this van in front, driving down the middle of the road. Guy gets out and bolts it into someone's yard, I hear some clanging and he runs back to his van and speeds off a few meters, only to stop and repeat his actions. I follow from a distance, keeping an eye on him. I call the police and report him, thinking he's checking for unlocked doors. Police arrive 10 minutes later and I pick up the pace to join them. It was the milkman. For a moment I thought my life was in danger, but now I just wish I knew what they were doing. I, 25 female, was walking in the desert outside my small town. It was decently far into the desert, I drove my car and walked for a long time. I was walking back towards my car when I noticed a car that wasn't there before. At this point I was already on alert because a. I'd never ran into anyone out that far besides a person jogging nearby. b. They were driving a really small car out in the desert. We're some distance from even dirt roads. I drove my car farther in than I probably should have, and it was still a ways away. Outside of the car, three men are taking off what looked like bulletproof vests. I can't imagine what else it could have been. I wasn't about to sit there and try and figure it out. I just turned away and continued heading towards my car. My mind went to the worst, robbery, cartel, murder. I'm sure my eyes deceived me, somehow, but like I said I can't imagine what else it could have been. Maybe there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for taking your tiny sedan out to the middle of the desert and taking off bulletproof vests? For the story, I, 31 female, was 15 when this started. I've alluded to it in comments on this sub, so I thought I'd share the full story since I can't sleep and I'm an oversharing type person. It started when I went to a movie at the indie theater in my hometown. We had two when I was growing up, both owned by the same people, but one theater featured major films or blockbusters, the other did the film festival, well-known kind of everywhere, and more indie movies. My French teacher gave an extra credit assignment to see Man on Wire I think it was called, so I went with a friend to see it, though she wasn't in the class. When we went to the front, there was a very cute older guy I recognized as a girl in our class older brother. I think he was 22 or 23 at the time. He complimented me, and offered to comp our tickets, and gave me free popcorn and candy and whatnot, ignoring my much prettier friend. It felt nice to be noticed, so I accepted, obviously, and we enjoyed the free movie day. For a little backstory, again, the girl who was his younger sister, in my grade, used to be a friend of mine, and I had met him many times as a kid, but he was enough older that I don't think he recognized me at first, and at that age I looked more like 19 or 20. The next couple weeks, I saw him everywhere. Grocery store, check. Outside my school, check. Walking home from Safeway, check. Everywhere. But being 15, and him being cute and older, my dumbass thought it was flattering. So I went to the theater again, and was with a different friend. 
Same thing. He gave me free tickets, popcorn etc. This friend already knew it had happened before because it was a major subject that I had a hot older man interested in me. We were so young and thought it was so great. He came into the theater during the movie, to bring me an extra candy and his number on the back of a receipt. I thought it was so cute. He continued to show up everywhere over the next few months, at this point I was halfway through 16, and I was at the same theater, with the same friend I was with the first time. He once again complimented me, saying I was beautiful, asking if I had a boyfriend, if I liked to party. I said yes. He invited me to his house for a party he was having. His address was very close to the house my friend I was with lived in, so I said yes, knowing if I had a sleepover with her we could go and I would get to go to my first real party. I wasn't allowed out late, nor was I allowed to go to parties, if I'd ever been invited to a high school party, so it was perfect. We went late so we wouldn't seem lame, and as we walked up, we could see through the front lit windows to where he was. It was an hour past, and it was just him, with several bottles of booze. We looked at each other and decided to walk back to her house. I still saw him a lot after. Almost everywhere, until I graduated high school and moved up north for college. I didn't go to that theater again until about a year ago.